And that's why I'm sharing things because again, it's not to, it's to have you work more effectively because mm -hmm. your life is not about work as much as, you know, I love what I do. And Megan, I can tell you love what you do. And I'm sure people listening, they love what they do. It can't be hundred percent of your life. And you need, you need to like step away because like you just said, that's how you get your best ideas. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. Hey, Social Post, welcome back today. We are really excited to be joined by Kate Beaters, who is a breakthrough success expert, and she's going to share with us a lot of awesome mindset tips that are going to really make us a lot more productive, and they're based in neuroscience, which is really fun, so we can get the idea of the theory behind it and how we can put those into practice. So I'm going to pass it over to Kate to explain who she is, what she does a little bit, and then we'll get into a really fun conversation. So go right ahead, Kate. Yay. Thanks so much, Megan. And I, you know, you, I listen to voices all day long and your voice is just like so great and energetic. So oh, I'm sure thank you've you. been complimented on it before, but it just <laughs> automatically like draws someone and go like, what's she going to say next? So my business is 10 years old. I'm what's called an accidental entrepreneur. And I started during the last bad economy, you know, when the economy tanked and I had been doing business development for about 15, 16 years, something like that. Um, made, it was very successful. Uh, considering I'm an introvert, I sold millions and millions each year. I learned um, all about overcoming objections, how to get repeat business, about um, asking for money, all that kind of stuff. And at one point, Megan, the money was, so, the economy was so good, like the money was just like flowing right in. Like it was almost like it was being printed in the basement. You could not spend it fast enough. It was so good. And, um, and then of course the economy tanked and I interviewed, you know, with other companies doing something similar because my company ended up merging and getting acquired and just kind of totally changed everything. And, you know, you just kind of say, like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And it was time for a reinvention. And I had started learning about mindset um, in the meantime, kind of toward the tail end of my career. And I accidentally ended up starting my own business because I started getting clients, coaching people on mindset. And people kept going, well, how do you get clients? And finally, I was like, well, geez, I might as well charge for this. So what I do is um, I, I teach people strategies. Um, I teach both entrepreneurs and, and corporate professionals how to move up to that next level. So not only the strategy part of it, but also the mindset piece. And this is people's, their fears, their doubts, their stories, of, which really comes down to, Megan, like what people believe that they are worth or, or that what their value is or what they can actually can accomplish, how they, how they show up in the world. And all these things really stem from a really long time ago. But I find that especially entrepreneurship is one of the fastest ways of bringing up all your fears and doubts because all of a sudden you realize, like, I have no boundaries. I don't know how to talk about money. I don't know how to ask for what I want. I mean, all these things just totally start popping up for people. And um, the beauty of what I love is that the work I do, yeah, sure, it helps people, you know, grow their business, make more money, bigger opportunities, all that kind of stuff. But it's not just in their business making, it's like everywhere else in their life, they start showing up in a more brilliant, the word I use is more in their brilliance. And that to me is, is really the whole point of this. It, yeah, sure, making more money is great, but it's also how you're living your life and that you're living a life that you totally love. So I've been doing that for 10 years, proud to say I'm a member of the 5% Club, which 
Only 5% of all entrepreneurs actually are in business for, for a certain length of time, actually make a certain amount of income, and actually have profitability. So <laughs> I'm really quite proud of that because um, it's in, I want to help more people do the same. Yeah, that's definitely something to be proud of. And I love the term accidental entrepreneur, but I'm sure as you accidentally fell into such an awesome business, you stumbled upon, like you mentioned, stuff that was working well for you that you started charging your clients for. And I think that's one of the best ways to find a business that will last because you've proven that something you do gets results. And that's why we spend money on things to get results. So can you start by sharing a few things that our community could take action on or learn today, whether it's has to do with mindset or those productivity tips that you share with yep. your clients yep. um, that get such great results? Absolutely. And I want to kind of just put a couple things out there for anybody who's been in the corporate world is that I always thought in the corporate world, and maybe you, you, know, you were brought up the same way, that it's all about working hard. I don't know if Megan, if that resonates with you. And it's, you know, because especially so much of our, like our early jobs, like in high school and college, all about punching in, punching out. And it's about the work you accomplish and how much work you can do and all that kind of stuff. And and what I've realized with mindset, and this is some of the things I'm going to share with people, is that it's not so much about, about how much you work, it's more how you work. And that's really what makes the difference. Because what I want to share, I've got some really great tips and strategies I want to teach everybody and things that they can really start to implement today. But the point is not to load more things in your to-do list, but help you get through it with more ease and flow. So at the end of the day, there's something of you left. I mean, I remember in corporate, it's like you make it through what you have to do, but oh my God, driving home, you know, because that's what we used to drive to work. I mean, it sounds like so long ago, right? Um, that you're, you know, that you're not like a mess, that you, you feel energized and you're like, okay, what's next and what else can I do is fun. So I went, I've got some really cool um, things I want to share. And, and one, thing I, one thing I do want to share, which is kind of interesting is, one of the things I really love about neuroscience, and this is really cool, is that, you know, when you think of neuroscience, it, it really technically is, in layman's terms, the study of the brain, right? And all the things that, you know, when you read these articles, because neuroscience is like a hot, trendy thing right now, you see all these articles, and, and my neuroscience teacher, the one I got certified from, you know, she hates all these articles, because she's like, most of them are not even true, but you know, there are all these researchers, and they're the ones who do all these studies to find out this thing, and that thing, and all that kind of stuff. But the way I like to, people to think of neuroscience really is just to be able to work more effectively. That's, that's really the whole point. When I, when I teach neuroscience, I'm not giving anybody tests on where's your amygdala, where's your dendrite, you know, all that kind of stuff, your, your cerebral, none of that stuff. All I really care about is if you can grab at least like one of these things and it starts making an impact on you, then that is, is worth it. And then even better, neuroscience is just really great philosophy is like, then teach it to somebody else, right? Like, don't hold it all to yourself, share it. So the first thing I want to share, and I actually did a, um, did a Facebook Live on it the other day, is multitasking. I want to just talk about for a moment because Megan, are you? Do you multitask? Oh man, I am going to say that I don't because I know it doesn't exist. I've heard before, but I know I am guilty of doing too many things at once for sure. Everybody does. I mean, <laughs> oh my! And and once you start talking about multitasking, then you start realizing how many times in the day you do it. And mm -hmm. I remember, you know, for me, like being in interviews, this is again before, you know, where I am right now. So this is years ago, but being on job interviews or my resume. And it was like, you always put like, I'm a really fantastic multitasker. Like I can juggle, I can do 10,000 things for you at once. Kind of like, like, you know, when you think about your logo, right? The, the, you know, um, Edgar, I mean, all the arms, like I can do all. So Edgar, please don't take this personally. We want you to continue doing what you're doing, but this is for us humans or mortals, right? That we, we, we can't do it. We want to leave it to you. So 
you know, it was always considered a good thing to be able to multitask. It meant that you could, could do all these things and all these amazing things at once. Look, like I can type and I can talk and I can read this and I can paint the ceiling at the same time. And what, what they found out is that there's only 3% of the population that's actually a good multitasker. Right, three percent, and you know who those three percent are? They're not you or me, Megan. No offense, oh, no matter how smart we are. This is somebody like an ER doctor hmm. or a highly skilled pilot, because their brain starts functioning very differently during multitasking. So, what I always thought is that if if I were multitasking, like let's say if I was um, listening to you, you know, let's say if I was listening to this repeat of this podcast, plus I was on doing typing something, I always figured my brain was just kind of divided. And one, you know, one part's listening, one part's writing. I, I don't know if you thought that, but, and I figured it was just equally doing it and all is good. What's actually happening is the brain is actually bouncing back and forth like, like a ping pong ball. So in, in, in nanoseconds, it's doing the, the, the typing, listening, typing, listening, typing, listening. So most people who multitask, except for that 3%, are making lots of mistakes during multitasking. So what I want to share with everybody is please stop multitasking. I know you think, oh, isn't it good? I can do these five things at once. But what's happening is we're all making mistakes. And there's nothing worse than sending an email to somebody and realizing you put Dear Megan, and you're actually sending it to George, right? And especially if it's a prospective client, it does not look good. Or how many times have you gotten an email and the person forgot to send an attachment? Uh, oh, the worst feeling when you hit that send and you realize oh, nothing is attached. And if it's a friend like Megan, I, I've known you now for a couple of years. I mean, I would not, I would not think horribly of myself. I, I'd feel bad that I did it, but you know, I know you. But if you were a prospective client and I did it, I mean, th there's a whole lot more impact. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so what I really want to do is, is say to people, stop multitasking. And, you know, even if you go like email, like, well, you guys can't see it's a podcast, but Megan can see me like if you're looking at the phone and then you're on, on here and then you're doing this, even that is not good that you really want to like block off time. So maybe you have an hour where you're doing your writing for your, your blog, or you're doing an hour for your meeting or, or X amount for this, but do it in chunks of time because otherwise you get a lot of that ping pong ball affecting your brain. And again, what happens is not only will you end up messing up a lot of these tasks, you will also um, end up being more stressed. So that's another thing I love about teaching neuroscience principles is that when you really are using them effectively, you find at the end of the day, you feel a whole lot more relaxed. You don't feel as stressed as you typically do. So I challenge everybody who's listening to this, you know, look, you're not going to totally multitask, totally stop multitasking. I get it. But if you can just 5% reduce it, just try that and just notice a difference to say, hey, I'm really going to pay attention to this or I'm really going to listen to this podcast. So do it. I'm going to challenge you if you listen to this, put everything else. This podcast is probably only, what, another 15 minutes or something, right, Megan? Just push everything else aside for 15 minutes. Write, if you want to write notes, that's good. But everything else just push aside and just kind of listen. And I promise you that you will make less mistakes and if you're trying mm -hmm. to multitask and send someone an email while you're listening to us. So that's the first thing. And I, I do know, I just want to share too, that there used to be this old joke, Megan, from years ago. And they had this commercial and it said, um, they showed a woman in a business suit. And it, um, she, it said, you can bring home the bacon, you can fry it up in a pan, and then you can serve it to your man. So. <laughs> The idea was, is that for women, hey, you can multitask and you can have whatever you want. The point is what they really said to women is, hey, you need to do, you can do all this, but you need to do it all at one time. 
So I want to share, because it's really pushed on women, so I want to share that, first of all, there's, there's an old myth that women are better multitaskers. That's not necessarily true. But really resist multitasking. And I know it's hard if you're working from home and you've got kids, but try to, if you can, do blocks at time, mm -hmm. because otherwise you will find out that you're just going to be all over. Everything will not be done as well as you'd like. You'll end up having to spend time to fix it and you'll have stressed headache at the end of the day. So that's the first thing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I do find myself stressing so much when I'm trying to get multiple things done. And when you're stressed that much, you're going to get burnt out so much easier. So you're probably going to get less done anyway. So That's I love right. that a lot. And making mistakes. And I don't know about you, Megan, but there's nothing more than I hate than realizing, oh, shoot, I put the wrong date. Now I got to go back and go back into a system and fix it or something. Or, you know, let's say someone's using your system for meat egg, right? And, you know, the categories. Mm -hmm. And if they're multitasking, not paying attention, well, maybe they put it under the wrong date or they put it for the wrong group or they put it for the wrong, um, the wrong time. And then they'll go and they'll turn around and say, why isn't it working? Well, because you were probably multitasking and not paying attention. Totally. So, and do it right the first time and it'll save you more time. <laughs> exactly. And then you get the results you want to. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one I want to share. The next thing along that line is that you want to take frequent breaks. So this is really important. Um, what, what I tell people to do, and, and pretty much these days, everybody has a cell phone is set your timers, like you can set a little alarm to go off. And if you can have it go off, I mean, in a quote, perfect world, every 30 minutes is great. If not, if you can do it even once an hour, have it go off and just take a little, a little stretch break that you get up and get away from our, your computer. And I know that a lot of times people think like break is a bad thing. You know, like if you were in high school, you had a break and that's you'd either run out. And if you were a smoker, you'd have a cigarette or, or else you grab something to eat or you get on your phone or social media or whatever. That's not this type of break. This is just more just to kind of get away from this, um, clear your head. This is important too, if you were teaching things. So if you guys are having like, you know, meet Edgar, I know um, a couple weeks ago, you guys had like your big meetings or, you know, where you guys did planning, like breaks when you're doing, you guys are, if you are doing any big planning for your teams, make sure you're taking a lot of breaks because it may seem less productive. Like, oh, if we just work right through this, you know, we can cram all this stuff in. But what happens is people's attention goes in and out and in and out and in and out again. And that's when people says like, what did you just say? Or can you repeat that? What really is because the brain is zoning in and zoning out. But if you take more frequent breaks, people will be more refreshed. And I don't know, did you guys, I don't know if you want to admit, did you guys take a lot of breaks? So meeting? we are very lucky here that we take a lot of breaks during our work days, especially with our planning ones, because we do find that the ideas and the conversations are much more rich when you do have that time to yourself to get your thoughts organized. And I completely agree. It kind of goes against human nature of being like, we have to go, go, go. But that idea of just being like a human being for a minute, collecting yourself, you're going to show up much better. So we're lucky in that sense. And I've seen it work kind of in the opposite ways at previous positions I've been at where you just feel like they're giving you breakfast, lunch, and dinner at work so that you're there all the time and never taking yep, breaks yep. and never getting out of the environment. But you know, yep. it's like that idea that when you're in the shower, you get some of your best ideas because you're taking a break and your brain has time to process it. So I completely agree that even if you think you're going to be quote unquote wasting time, you typically come out on the other end with better results. Yeah, and it's so important. And that's why I'm sharing things because again, it's not to it's to have you work more effectively because mm -hmm. your life is not about work. As much as, you know, I love what I do and Megan, I can tell you love what you do, and I'm sure people listening, they love what they do. It can't be hundred percent of your life. And you need you need to like step away because like you just said, that's how you get your best ideas. Um 
so the next thing I want to talk about is actually kind of really interesting. And you know, I, I get so into this stuff. It's like I'm like I'm a mindset geek. You know, when I hear things that are cool that are actually transferable to how I work, not these like weird research things like we tested twelve rats and you know all this kind of stuff. But but the stuff that's really cool. And so we've all heard about PTSD, you know, post traumatic stress disorder. And what what I've been teaching people, like uh, Megan, I don't know if you know this. Um, when the pandemic uh, was about a month in, I was actually doing stress reduction workshops for hospitals for front lines. Oh, I was wow. donating time. Yeah. Because, you know, you figure, remember at that time, especially they were short staffed, mm -hmm. they were short equipment, remember all the PPE equipment, there was not enough of it. They're working a zillion hours. There was depth like crazy. It was just insane. So I kind of donated my time and did some um, workshops for hospitals around the country. And um, the way I was kind of framing it, and then I started doing it for companies um, who, who wanted to hire me for it. The way I was framing it is that what we're going through is a trauma right now with this whole right. pandemic. And, and to understand, and it's not just like a one-time trauma, like, oh, you know, like you're in a car accident and you hit, got hit once. It's like, boom, well, no one can see me, but it's like, like someone boxing and they're hitting you on the right side and the left side and the right side and the left side. Because every day there's something new that's affecting you, you know, whether it has to do with the political scene, the social scene, the work scene, the personal life. I mean, everything that is like every day something else is changing. And so you're constantly being re-traumatized at different levels. Mm -hmm. So when you hear about somebody who has PTSD, you very often think about somebody who will have, um, uh, what's the right word, um, issues their whole life and be stuck in a certain place. But what researchers have found out, and this is so cool, this just like lights me up, is that you can actually take this trauma that you're going through and turn the bad into the good. So I always like to say is finding the opportunity and the challenge. So there's actually a, a term that's been coined called post-traumatic growth. And that most of us are actually primed for it if we step into it. In other words, you don't have to be special or have a certain IQ or be in a certain job function. Most of us can, can go there. It's a, ch a choice of either going right or going left. And I always say too when I teach is that we don't have a choice about opting in or, out or, opt or opting out of the pandemic, but we do have a choice of how we show up in it. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I really want to say to people is that there is this thing called post-traumatic growth and that's where the, that's where the, that's where you can like leap and bound, have leap and growth and leaps and bounds if you step into it as opposed to going into like, oh no, I'm a victim and look how awful all this stuff is. And, and please understand, I'm not saying this stuff isn't awful. I, I don't mean, I'm not trying to make light of it by any means, but I'm just saying like, like for example, for me personally, you know, one of the things I do, you know, besides, you know, private coaching and events and stuff is I also keynote across North America. Well, first my events were postponed, then they were canceled, and these were paid speaking gigs. So that's, that's a big thing to, to lose. And at first, of course, it's like heartbreaking because it's, it's part of my business, you know? Mm -hmm. But then I said, okay, so what's the opportunity? Well, I've got a 16-year-old Karen Terrier. Actually, now she's 16 in three months. Um, and 16 years young, rather. And she's my mm -hmm. heart. She is absolutely my heart. And I don't really want to leave her with anybody right now because she gets a lot of medication. She has lost most of her sight. She's lost mm -hmm. a lot of her hearing. She gets a zillion eye drops every day. She gets medication. So for me, the opportunity is, well, I can spend all this time with her. I don't have to worry about leaving her because you know, I want to make sure, no, I mean, truthfully, no one is ever going to take as good a care as, as your, of your four-legged child as you do. That's the truth. And, and so it's like the opportunity is to stay with her. So instead, I found speaking gigs that people are paying me for over Zoom. So 
it's basically finding the growth that way, as opposed to me sitting in a corner saying, isn't this terrible? So I really want to encourage everybody, focus on post-traumatic growth as opposed to PTSD. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard that term before, but it reminds mm -hmm. me of this philosophical concept that Ryan Holiday has a book about called The Obstacle is the Way. And it's basically showing you that if there's an obstacle, you're going to get more growth if you just approach it in this way of seeing the good that can come out of it. Um, and I do think some of the coolest things that are happening right now out of this really tragic time, like you said, are people are finding new ways and new revenue yeah. sources for their businesses. Like perhaps your Zoom coaching services that you didn't offer before this will continue on when all of this is over and that'll just open up your talents to a whole new group of people who wouldn't be able to find you um, if you're speaking live at an event maybe. Um, so I completely think that, you know, like you said, not making light of a situation, but really finding the way to grow from it can be a cool, cool opportunity for us all. Exactly. And, and, and like I said, I, I just heard of that phrase um, uh, this past year and I just love it because, it, it, you know, it just gives people more insight, gave me insight, gave me more um, uh, desire. And so I hope it does the same for everyone else listening. The, uh, the next one I want to share, and this is really important, especially with what we're going on right now, is that, you know, with the pandemic, as I was mentioning that where this is a trauma and things are just kind of like every day, there's this thing and that thing. And, you know, wherever you live, there's, you know, there's different phases, you know, what's open, what's closed, what you can do, how many people, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so, one thing that is really, really important is, is because there is this feeling of loss of control right now is to create some kind of routine in your life. It doesn't have to be the super fanciest routine, but just something that is yours and it is yours. So for me, every morning I go for a walk. I do certain mindset techniques as I'm walking and that is my thing. That's my thing. And no, nobody can take it away. It doesn't make a difference who gets elected president in a couple of weeks. If anyone gets elected, I mean, we don't know, right? It doesn't make a difference if the sun's out. It doesn't make a difference, um, you know, what the COVID rate, none of that matters. That is my thing and it makes me feel good. So I really want to encourage everybody to have a routine every morning. In fact, the more routines you can have, the better. But if nothing else, even just start out with some kind of routine for your morning that, that will definitely um, help you feel like you're, you're backing your power. And when you're in your power, that's a mindset thing that allows you then to come from a place of confidence, which allows you to step out of your comfort zone and do things that you might not normally do to make that phone call, to ask for more money, to ask someone to partner, to ask for a favor, whatever the heck it might be. Yeah, I love this idea of routines. And I find that almost all successful people that we talk to on this podcast have that special time in the morning that sets you up that's just for you. So that when you go into the day, you're not rattled by things that are out of your control, because you are reminded, like you said, to control the controllables. So that's a really good and easily achievable tip that we can all take into our lives today. Well, that's what I love. All these strategies I'm sharing, you don't have to, like some things you have to go out and buy like 10 zillion things mm -hmm. and, you know, order it or, or whatever. And this is just a matter of, you know, I've got one more I want to share if, if that's okay with you, Megan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of people just choosing, pick one today that you really like and, and start with that. And mm -hmm. you don't have to go buy anything. You know, let me know, um, you know, let me know if you, if you tried it and how it, how it affected you, but there's nothing, you don't need to buy or order or, or take a class. It's just rock on with it. So last one I want to share has to do with social media, but Megan, it's not, it's nothing against me to Edgar. It's a, it's a good thing. Okay. I just want to share. We, we love Edgar. We love Edgar so much, but 
This is actually about people who are, get obsessed with social media and constantly mm. checking it. So what has happened is, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into people checking their feed for, for their friends, that's not what I'm talking about right now, but I am talking about checking the news. Because what, hap- what, they've, what researchers have, have discovered is that people get addicted to checking their feed, whether you know, they're checking on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok or whatever the heck they're checking, they, they get addicted to it. So like every break they check, every time they're, they're waiting in line, they check. I mean, you go to the supermarket, you see people in line, everyone's down looking at their phone. They'll be on a date, they check. I mean, everywhere people are checking. But, but the problem with that, so I'm not even going to go into any of that stuff. That's another whole another show but what i really want to talk about is people who get addicted to the news because the news is really lowering people's um happiness quota down and it's bringing in people down and that's not what we want because not that you want to go around going oh is it like great because that's not where we are but but it, but you don't want to be in in a depressed state and that's something that's that's going on very seriously i mean even michelle obama was saying that she was dealing with low-level depression that's very very common right now so this tip i love because it's a way of kind of combating that, which is very, very prevalent for most people right now. And, you know, they're saying, you know, it's even going to get worse as the holidays hit because the length of time plus it's holidays, you know, all this kind of stuff. So what I want to share is that with the news, because the news so what happens is people get addicted. It's like a form of like dopamine, right? So, you know, it's like, like you get that high and that buzz, like, Ooh, you know, but ultimately you're not getting your, the, the, the addiction, the, the, the positive part is going away. Instead, it just becomes the addiction. It's like smoking a cigarette. You don't even enjoy the cigarette anymore, but it's like you got to have it. So what, what um, researchers have, just have, have really suggested is limit your checking of the news, okay? So however you check your news, whether you watch it on TV, whether you watch it, um, you know, get, get your news through Twitter, whether you follow uh, one of the, you know, the, the news companies on Facebook, whatever it is, limit it. They suggest limiting it to once a day. Okay. So it's a set time. So it isn't every break. It isn't every five minutes. By this point, nothing, there's nothing that's going to happen between now. You know, would you agree, Megan, between like now and tonight that we absolutely have to know about? I'm just saying really and truly. I completely agree. (laughs) But what happens is every time we look at it and we see, oh, the rate has gone up in these 10 states, or this happened, or this one didn't wear a mask, or this one just died, or this this thing, that thing. And again, I'm not trying to make light of it, but what I'm, I'm really trying to be a protective mama bear for all you guys, for your mental health, is that every time you look at it, it's bringing you down and down and down. And most of these things you really don't need to see as frequently as you do. So what they're suggesting is just check it once a day. Only, and have only one trusted person that you speak to about current events. Because what happens is, you know, if you start talking to everyone, like if I, if, let's say Megan, you and I have a conversation, like, oh, what do you think about this? And then I go talk to someone else. Well, it just keeps festering on my head. And Megan, maybe, maybe you've got one opinion and Sue has another opinion and George has another one. And it just keeps staying clustered all over my head. So they're saying, pick one time a day, pick one person, really limit it because otherwise it's just going to keep bringing your mood down and that's not healthy for everybody. Yeah, I love that as uh, something that I particularly think Edgar is helpful for actually. You started out saying this isn't about Edgar, but one of the things we really love to stress to people is along these lines that you shouldn't be creating where you're consuming your social media. So if you're going on to these platforms and posting all the time, it's likely you're going to be distracted by all of this in the feed because what's in the feed is supposed to emotionally charge you a lot of the time. That's some of the most consumed content. So if you're creating outside of where you're 
consuming, you're probably going to have a lot healthier of a relationship with social media where you feel like you're in control of it and you don't feel like it's controlling you and you have to be on there for your business all of the time. Uh, so I think Edgar actually helps you achieve that quite a bit. And I love how simple all of these tips are and kind of going back to what you were saying, this idea that guys, you should really take into account that you don't need to buy anything special. You don't need to go out there and completely redo your routine in order to take these into account into your life. And I think that's some of the things that we oftentimes think we have to buy a lot of expensive things to fix our productivity problems when we should look at these baseline level things that Kate has been teaching today and see if they are in order before we start layering more stuff onto them. So I think that's a really wise um, starting place for us all, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing all of these. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I, I'd love, if it's okay, I'd love for people to like either share with, you know, let me know how they do with this, you know, find me on Facebook or, you know, social media or email us at info at katebeaters.com. Oh yeah. Where can people find you on social? Uh, well, Kate Beaters, you know, uh, K-A-T-E-B-E-E-D-E-R-S, you know, Perfect. I think it's pretty much everything or email us at info at Kate Beaters. But I'd love to know too, like, which, which is your favorite? Because that always is good for me to know, like, what, which, which one are people choosing to do first? And usually it's a path of least resistance, right? Totally. Yeah. I'll go ahead and put all of that information in the show notes, guys. So go ahead and take action on these awesome tips and let Kate know what you've been loving the best. And let us know too, at me, Edgar, what you liked from this episode. Keep the conversation going on Instagram and Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. Kate, again, thanks so much for sharing your expertise today. Thanks so much, Megan. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting.